0: Hello and welcome to Little Things with Amber L.B. Swenson. Today's episode is called Inadequate No More. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I have been writing and teaching Bible studies for the past 15 years. I've worked with women, youth, Sunday school. I've been blogging for Time of Grace since 2017. I've written two books for them. Really what you need to know is that I love the Lord and I love the Word of God and I find that the deeper I go into the Word of God, the more astounded I am that He loves us and that He notices us and that He cares so deeply about our lives. And my role is really to get people into the Word and to show them how awesome it is and to really get them to a place that they want to know and love God more. That's kind of my mission in life in a nutshell. What we are going to face is our feelings of just not measuring up to society or to someone else and just, uh, you know, I I hope I'm not just speaking out of turn, but I think as women, so often we can fall into this pit of feeling inadequate, like we're not enough. And so I just want to address that and see what God has to say about that. And see if we can't take three simple steps to get us out of the funk when we are feeling completely inadequate to meet the demands of our day. And see, um, you know, God does not see us that way. So, Let's get started. First, I want to tell you that uh, I am a pretty performance-based person, and I've recognized this um, not by my own doing. I have to say that a mentor, and I know I've mentioned this before, but it it was one of those turning points in my life. It was the end of September 2018. I had um, flown to a different state to go to a women's conference to attend with a godly friend and mentor of mine. And we read the Bible and we prayed and we worshiped and we listened and, and we were having dinner and she said to me, you know, Amber, you are very good at doing, but you are not so good at being. And she was hitting on a nerve that was absolutely, completely and totally true. And, and I have to say, at the time, I, I heard what she was sa- saying, but I didn't know what to do about it. I knew I was doing this frantic-paced life, but I really didn't see what, if anything, could go. And the funny thing is, God has this wonderful way of bringing you to a point of um, learning what really is important and what isn't. And let me tell you, we just fill our lives with so many unnecessary things. And when certain things come into your life, what whatever that certain thing is, for some people, it's a diagnosis. For some people, it's a relationship that is broken or breaking. For some people, it's, a, it's a, all of a sudden a financial struggle that you have never felt before. There's times in our life that we are kind of brought down to our knees. And when we're brought down to our knees, we realize, oh man, I have been doing a ton of things. That really don't need to be done. I've gotten caught up in all these things and and gotten carried away with them and spent my time and my money and my energy doing these things. And at the end of the day, these things don't really matter. And so um, the point is that i I began this process back in 2018, the end of 2018, of sort of exploring um, where do I put my value, <laughs> what what do I do, um, to feel valued and loved. And, and I've realized that I am an achiever. I love to accomplish things. And when I accomplish things, whatever it is in my home, if I, if I have a really great day of cleaning, I feel great. Uh, if it's in my ministry and I have a great day of writing or speaking, you know, I can feel great, but there's a whole lot of days in between that I don't get those things done, and I struggle with feelings of inadequacy. And uh, case in point, just just three days ago, my husband and I, um, we run an Airbnb. And so it's a separate house, and we had some visitors who left in the morning, and some visitors come in in the afternoon. And I spent over five hours cleaning the house. So I cleaned an entire house. I washed Every piece of laundry we had in that house, all the towels, all the blankets, the pillowcases, the comforters, you name it. I mean, I did a ton of work. And I kid you not, I came home after cleaning that house and I had spent over five hours cleaning that house. I came home. I sat down in the recliner. I was completely exhausted. And the thought that went through my mind was, I have gotten nothing done today. Because now I was in my house and I had not done anything in my house and I didn't have supper ready and I was going to have hungry kids and a hungry husband all of a sudden. And because I hadn't done anything in my house that day, I somehow felt inadequate, even though I had done a lot in a different house, and in this business that my husband and I are running. I had done plenty, and yet I was still struggling with feelings of inadequacy. And I tend to have two speeds. I have the pedal all the way down sprinting, or I have, I can't get out of this (laughs) recliner because I am dead tired. So again, when I am sprinting, And accomplishing a lot, I am feeling valued and I am feeling like, you know, I am really contributing to my family or to my church or to society or to whatever. But when I am dead tired because I have been sprinting so long, instead of feeling like, wow, I need a rest and I need to recharge and man, I should just take a little bit of time to relax and um, renew. No, I feel like, oh, I'm just a slob sitting here because I can't get up and I'm too tired to do anything and this is ridiculous. Why can't I? So I don't know if any of that strikes a nerve with you or if I'm only talking to me. But I'm hoping that there are others out there who have the same problems so that we can talk about it together. So we're going to talk about three things that we need to realize And hopefully that will help us in those times that we feel inadequate to sort of face this challenge and and get out of that funk. So number one, we have to realize that these feelings of inadequacy are not from God. Lisa Bevere said, if you are feeling inadequate, worthless, or not enough, you didn't get these ideas from God. Raw for Beauty said it this way, the worst battle you have to fight is between what you know and what you feel. We're going to go to Judges chapter 6 in the account of Gideon. Um, This really, really brings this home. Just look at the difference in how Gideon sees himself and how God sees Gideon. So starting at verse 11. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abysserite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. So Gideon was totally hiding out here. <laughs> they were slaves under Midianite control, and Gideon was trying to thresh them wheat so that he could um, take it home with them. He didn't want to be seen, so he was hiding out in a wine press. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Uh, pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. So Gideon sees inadequate. Inadequate, unprepared, no worth, right? I am the least. I'm the weakest. What are you talking about? But how did God greet him? The angel of the Lord said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. (laughs) that is a huge discrepancy. Gideon is seeing himself as nothing. And God is saying, you're a warrior. Come on, let's go. You are going to go in the strength that I provide. It doesn't matter how small you are. It doesn't matter what you accomplish. I just want to take this time to just look at the ways that we sometimes place our value in certain things. So one way that we um, sometimes find our value is in our appearance. You know, if we're the right weight, if our hair is cooperating, if we have the right clothes, if we're in style, if, you know, we look pretty okay, it's easy to feel, oh, you know, I'm doing all right. I'm not totally inadequate. What does God have to say about that? (laughs) Remember that very familiar passage in 1 Samuel 16 that says, The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. God's saying, look, I don't care what your hair looks like. I don't care if you're 50 pounds overweight. I'm not looking at that. I'm asking, where is your heart right now? Are you seeking me? Are you walking with me? Are you worried about the things that I want you to be concerned about? Or are you totally into yourself? That's what God's looking at. Performance, that's my deal. You know, I, I find my value in performance a lot of times. What does God have to say about that? Remember the very familiar account in Luke chapter 10 of Mary and Martha. Martha was performance-based. She was putting on a dinner party. She wanted to make it good. And her sister was sitting around, and it was driving her crazy. And she went to Jesus and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better. Jesus isn't looking at our accomplishments, again, he's going back to the heart. And I can fall into this too. I, I, I'm not going to lie here. I want to read the Bible every day. I try to start my day in the Bible with the Psalms or Proverbs. I try to end my day every day um, with my Bible reading. I want to spend time in prayer. I want to spend time in worship. But I got to tell you, <laughs> sometimes I get up for an hour that I've spent worshiping, I've I've played two or three worship songs, I've been praying, I've been reading my Bible, and again, what goes through my mind? Here it is, 9 o'clock in the morning, and I have got nothing done. That's not how God sees it. God sees it as, you are getting the most important thing done. You are tuning your heart to me That is not a waste of time. Martha saw it as a waste of time. And if we're performance-based, that is going to be a waste of time. We are not going to use that time. We are going to have so much to do that we are not going to be able to give up that time. But that is not what Jesus said. Jesus said, that's the only thing you need to do today. You need to sit at my feet and you need to listen to me. And I will work in your heart. And when your your heart is in tune with God— you are going to be doing things so much differently than if you are just doing your own thing. Another thing that we can base our value on is who is around us. Whether we have people in high places who we call friends, or sometimes it's if we have very um, accomplished children Or (laughs) if we belong to an organization that is doing great things, we can feel like we are really doing something. What does Jesus say about that? Jesus said in Matthew 7, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. In the Beatitudes, as Jesus was closing that section, he said, blessed are you if you are persecuted, because that's how they treated the prophets of old. If you are loved by the world because of who's around you, then you need to ask yourself if you're walking in the right company. Because if the world is applauding, there's a good chance you're on that wide road. And if the world is sort of scratching their head at you and going, huh, no, that one, she kind of drives me crazy. She's all about this God crap. And no, you can't, no, you know, she's no fun. Then you might be on to something. Another way that we um, tend to measure our value is where we're at. If we have accomplished our goals that we have set for ourselves, then we sort of feel like, okay, now I've at least accomplished that. and No one can take that away from me. That's money in the bank. I've, I've gotten that done. And yet, look at what Jesus said about John the Baptist. He said to the people, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No, those who wear fine clothes are in king's palaces then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. By worldly standards, John the Baptist was nothing but this crazy man in the desert with crazy clothes and a crazy diet. He said a lot of convicting things. Turn. Repent. (laughs) Worldly standard-wise, he did not accomplish much. And yet Jesus said, no, we're not comparing ourselves to people in palaces. That's not what we're all about here. Just serve God. Walk with God. That's where it's all at. Okay, number two, don't compare. Marvin J. Ashton said, do not allow yourselves to be made to feel inadequate or frustrated because you cannot do everything others seem to be accomplishing Only you and your Father in Heaven knows your needs, strengths, and desires. Around this knowledge, your personal course must be charted and your choices made. I think that this can be most frustrating, um, well, in a couple of different ways. If you're going to compare, a lot of times raising kids, you know, you can compare kids, you can compare houses, You know, I I very distinctly remember when um, all of our friends started building their new houses and moving into their new homes. And my husband and I are still in the same house that we bought when we got married. Um, The difference was pretty noticeable. Uh, They had these beautiful big new houses and, and we're still in our starter house. But, you know, I chose to stay home. Pretty much all of my friends who built their new houses were working full time both the man and the woman and we made different choices and so there there you make choices you live with the consequences we put our values somewhere differently and so yeah sometimes when we went to their house and we started to compare like oh this is awesome you have this wide open kitchen and you have these new appliances and yeah but it came at a price and we only fool ourselves when we compare. We, we just, it's, it's silly to do that. And, and I've done a whole podcast on that. So I'm not going to go into this too much, except to say, sometimes when we're feeling inadequate, it is because we are comparing ourselves to someone else. And that is just something we shouldn't do. All we have to do is go to God and run the race that he has for us and not worry about anybody else. So we're not going to compare Number three, remember who you are. On the darkest days when I feel inadequate, unloved, and unworthy, I remember whose daughter I am, and I straighten my crown. Maybe you've seen that meme. It has a little girl with a huge crown. Um, we are children of the king. We were bought at a price, and a precious price it was. Our value is in our identity in Christ. God sees us as beloved. No one can take away what we are in Christ. In fact, in 1 Peter 2, we read, You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, people who belong to God. You were chosen to tell about the excellent qualities of God who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Don't ever let those words become familiar. You're chosen. (laughs) Like out of all the people on earth, God chose you. He picked you to be on his team. You are not inadequate. You're chosen. You're royal. Okay, you may not live in in a palace, but like John the Baptist, you are part of God's royal family. Holy Oh, if you feel inadequate because of your sins or your shortcomings, God sees you as holy in Christ. Holy, without sin, without blemish. You belong to God. I just think of um, Toy Story and how Andy wrote his name on the bottom of Woody's boot. We belong to God. He's holding us. That's where our value is. How dare we feel inadequate? Remember who you are. Don't worry about all this other nonsense. So when we fall into our (laughs) moping modes, thinking we are just the worst of the worst, we need to come back to this. When we're feeling those feelings, those inadequacies, that's not from God. We need to remember not to compare, not to compare what we have and not to compare our sins. And we need to remember who we are, because in Christ we're forgiven. It doesn't matter what, we, we've, what we've done. Our worth is based on what Christ has done, and that doesn't change. And this is such an important lesson to learn because as we go through different seasons, we're going to be able to do different things, and some of those seasons are going to bring us into a time that by worldly standards, we can't do much. The seasons when we're sick or infirm or old A lot of times we can't do what we once did and if we are basing our value on performance or looks or who's around us or where we're at, we might think, well, we have absolutely no value and that is not how God feels about us. This has been Little Things because in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things. Thank you for your prayers and encouragement. We so appreciate them.